just got to make sure that we don't get deceived like the Pharisees and miss out or distracted like the Pharisees and miss out. What what do you think is the point in believing and believing the way you need to believe? Well, the answer is, is that at least in this instance, they said that these things that were being done, that, you know, the draining and the, and the healing there in verse Bottom line is this. The church today is still saturated with many modern-day Pharisees. And their righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. It's not in their heart. And therefore, when they die, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so for those of us here, as we listen to the study of Jesus, we really need to deeply examine our life. And we need to be so careful that we don't forget really what this is all about. You know, I know, like, for example, one of the struggles that I have in my life is that I just can't park my car straight. I don't know if you guys have that problem or not, but ah, it's just a crazy thing. It's really weird. I'll pull in. And and I just know, oh, Kim, a little crooked, right? And so what I'll do is I'll back up, I'll pull in again, get out of the car and notice that it's worse now than the first time. And and in a sense, I I think there are some Christians who, who do that same thing from a spiritual perspective. You know, in their earnest effort to park straight, so to speak, they end up doing more damage than... Good. And you know what? Those type of Christians, they're a total turn-off. They're turn-offs. So they, Christians aren't attracted to them. Non-believers aren't attracted to them. They're a total turn-off. They're Pharisees. And they're not going to go to heaven. You know, and we have that in our heart. The Pharisees were in their effort to obey the Ten Commandments. They had come up with 612 commandments. Think about that. I mean, in their effort to please God in Park Street, it eventually sipped into good habits in their life rather than a good heart. It was all about rules and rituals rather than the relationship. It was about the traditions that men had created rather than the truth that God had revealed. 
And you, if you really take a deep look at your life, you're going to find that it is so tempting to really begin to obey the traditions that men impose upon you. And that's why we have to be so careful. These guys missed the whole point of what it really was to be set apart for God. They had neglected the weightier matters of the law, the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 23, like mercy and justice and faith. They forgot love. They tithed of all their little plants. They strained at a gnat, but they swallowed a camel. And there are Christians, or there are people who claim to be Christians, that live their life like that. I mean, it's so obvious when you look at this right here, huh? For example, here were the disciples there in verse 1, and they were obviously hungry, right? I mean, more than likely, as you read through these things, these disciples right here were not only hungry, they probably didn't have any money. And so there they are walking through town, and the Pharisees see them. And instead of saying to them, hey, are you guys hungry? You know what, let's go to... Alberto's, man, they've got a killer carne asada burrito. My treat. Let's go. I'll take care of you. Instead of doing that, what did they say? Shame on you. You're working on the Sabbath day. You're harvesting on the Sabbath day. They had their little rule. Instead of having that love that God wanted them to have. And here's this man down here. He's hurting for certain. I mean, when you think about it, his hand doesn't function. That would be such a tough thing in life. It really would. I mean, if your hand doesn't work, you can't do push-ups, you can't play baseball like you used to, you can't bear hug your boys with both hands. Imagine what life would be like like that. And instead of saying, cool, Jesus, if you can heal him, oh, that would be so awesome. What did they say? No way. Shame on you. If you dare heal this man, then we're going to plot to destroy you and your ministry. And you know, guys, what I've found in the church is that many times, many people do not know what it truly means to be set apart for God, to be holy for Jesus Christ, to be able to walk in righteousness and in his righteousness relate to people, reach People attract people, value God's people above man's commandments. It's a big problem in the church, and that's why so many are turned off to Christians. They really are. Huh? You see that, huh? I mean, Christians, sometimes they can get really weird, and they miss the whole point. And that's why it's so cool to be able to study this. And just It's a real paradigm shift of thinking that can really change our life. How can we overcome the foolishness of the Pharisees? How can we feed the hungry, heal the hurting in the synagogue? How can we be used by God to glorify him? And most importantly, man, just as we glorify him to be set apart for him. And as we read their text today, I think Jesus Christ gives us a a few things that we can do to help us to or guard us against becoming modern-day Pharisees so that God would use your life, think about it, to touch other lives. You know, on the way over here today, I was talking to my daughter, you know, and it's so cool. We have these Sunday mornings together, and we have our little conversations. And I was telling her, you know, check it out, sweetheart. Look at all the things that are out there. You see the, the cars and the buildings, and I was pointing out the telephone poles and just all the different things. And, you know, there's all these things that we see, you know, and I said to her, but but you know what? Out of all those things, never forget that people are more important 
that the look at that man right here. And we saw that Asian man walking down the sidewalk right there. I'm on one day he's going to die. God loves him. Let's pray for him. And I think that we many times forget this is this is about people. It really is. The Pharisees, what did they think it was about? Rules, regulations. They were deceived into thinking that they had the love of God and they didn't. Why? Because externally, no one could point a finger to them. They had it all together on the outside. Paul, the apostle, later he said, according to the law, blameless. No one could point to them and say they had anything wrong. But their heart, Jesus said, was like a tomb filled with dead men's bones. They didn't really know the Lord, even though we couldn't recognize it. Jesus can. And that's why it's so important for us to come back and, you know, be so careful with religion, you guys. Be so careful with all those rules and regulations that turn everyone off, that will turn your kids off. And make sure that you know what it's all about. Jesus here gives us a few things that I think will help us to to guard us from that. Number one, and I'll share a few things, is that we really need to internalize God's word. We really need to internalize God's word. Let's read it again. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. Now, the, the book of Deuteronomy said this was fine. You know, you could go, and let's just say you were hungry, you can go through your friend's uh, tree. You can grab his oranges. That's kind of cool, huh? avocados, whatever it might be. But you couldn't use a sickle. That's all. It's so cool the, Lord, the way the Lord would provide for the poor. And so there they are. They grab the grain. They have the wheat, and they're chowing down. It says in verse 2, When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, here it is, number one, Have you not read? Have you not read? Didn't you read your Bible? Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? What did the Lord do? He just pointed him to the scriptures, right? You guys, your hearts are not in tune. Your heart is not beating right. There's something wrong about your person. And you know what will help a lot is if you really, really read the Bible. Haven't you read about David? Haven't you read about what goes on there in the temple? You know, later on, he talks about the same concept. Look over in Matthew chapter 19. In verse 1, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. Should I get a divorce? (laughs) Have you not read? I mean, the Lord would say that. As we read the scriptures, as we study the Bible, as we internalize God's word, he said the same thing. If you go over to Matthew chapter 22. 
In verse 1, it says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Now, that's not the right verse. (laughs) Okay. All right, there it is. 31, it says, but concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read? Was spoken to you by God. And, and all I'm saying is that as we want to have that, that heart that's right, as we want to make sure that we're not modern day Pharisees, one of the things that we need to do is internalize God's word. The Lord would just continue to point him back to the Bible. Have you not read? And so I want to encourage you guys to read your Bibles. I really do. Not as an obligation, but as a privilege. You know, it's not a burden. It's a blessing. You read your Bible and you're going to find what? The heart of God. That's what you'll find. The heart of God. And you read your Bible and you understand how his heart beats. I mean, there's no greater thing that we can invest into our hearts and planning God's word that we wouldn't sin against him, that we would know who he is. Even Woodrow Wilson, he said, I'm sorry for the men who do not read the Bible every day. I wonder why they deprive themselves of the strength. Woodrow Wilson even knew that. A man by the name of Christian Johnson said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Read your Bibles, you guys. It's God's love letter to you. And here Jesus, in dealing with them, you know, just teaches us a lesson that in order to avoid the foolishness of the Pharisees, we should just read our Bibles. You know, one of the things that they would have discovered if they would have read their Bibles, they would notice there in 1 Samuel chapter 21, when David was hungry, you know, he did what was considered unlawful and he ate the showbread. I mean, that was the bread that was set in the holy place. And according to the law, only the priests were allowed to eat it. They would have to eat it even in the holy place. But when you read the Bible, you say, wait a minute. David and his men ate that bread in their time of need. And so how does it work? Wait a minute. Isn't this the rule? Isn't this the regulation? Isn't this, you know, the mandate? And, you know, yes, generally speaking, yes. But you know what? God is deeper than that. He's the writer of Scripture. And as David was there, what had happened was he had lost his friend. He had been persecuted by Saul. He was on the run. And he was hungry. He was hungry. He was persecuted. He was doing the work of God, him and his men. They were hungry. And so for you to say, no, can't eat this bread. I mean, can you see the way that God operates as opposed to the Pharisees? The Pharisee would say, mm-mm-mm. And God would say, he's hungry. He's doing my work. Him and his men feed him the bread. And he ate the bread. He was never rebuked for it. See, and for me, as I was going through this, I'll be honest with you guys, it was a real struggle for me. I'm like, Lord, I like things more black and white. I just like it black and white. And the Lord said, yeah, that's the way the Pharisees like it too, just black and white. But you have to have a personal relationship with me. And then you'll be in tune with me and what I want to do. And so you'll know if you need to give them the bread. 
And that's where we need to be as well. If they had read the Bible, they would have caught that. If they had read the Bible, they would have noticed that in the temple, the priests profane or desecrate the Sabbath every single Sabbath, according to their standards. There they were on the Sabbath day working double duty working harder than anyone else. The people would have to offer their sacrifices, extra sacrifices on the Sabbath day. And so, you know, when you look at the heart of the commandment, you find that there's something more than this. This is about God bringing rest to the people for their souls. See? And if you look at the context right here, that's kind of what it's all about. Remember in Matthew chapter 11? That's what we studied last week. You guys, Jesus wants to bring rest for your souls. The Pharisees will come in with 150,000 rules and regulations. And you're going to be working. You're going to be striving. And you're going to be heavy laden. And God says, no, that's not the way it works. I will give you rest. If you have a relationship with God, everything comes into perspective. For us to steer clear of the foolishness of the Pharisees, we need to read what the Bible says, number one, and we need to know what the Bible means. Notice right there in verse 7, it says, But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. See, their problem was they didn't know what it meant. I'll bet you they knew it by heart. You know, even though in those days they didn't have chapter and verses, you know, they knew old scroll number 23, Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. They knew where it was at. They knew it by heart. God says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. But they didn't really know what that meant. You see, that's God's heart, you guys. He's a long-suffering God. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. He's a holy God. And we need to have the full picture. You know, their problem was they didn't really read it. They didn't really know it. Here in Matthew chapter 9, if you go back just a few chapters. The Lord was having a conversation with them, uh, tax collectors, and it says in verse 9, and as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. And so he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. You guys go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Lord there in Matthew 9, he told them to go and what, learn what it meant. And I guess they hadn't. Because now in Matthew chapter 12, he says, if you would have known what it means, then you wouldn't have condemned the guiltless. I wonder how many times I have condemned the guiltless. You condemn them in your heart. You condemn them in your conversations. You condemn them in your judgments. And God sees every single one of your condemnations. Because we have not learned God's heart. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. 
how we need to be so careful that we don't become modern-day Pharisees. This is probably one of Jesus' favorite verses, and if it's one of his favorite verses, then I know it's got to become one of mine. I mean, you know, it can happen in so many ways, and this is a real uh, struggle for me, this whole study, you know. It really was, because, again, like I was telling you guys, man, I like lists of to-dos. That's the way I like to live. Uh, You know, no secular music. That's real simple for me. You know, but what about that love song that you and Shelly like to dance to? Is that okay? Oh, I don't know. It's a secular song, you know. I mean, that's not really what God is looking for. He's looking for our heart, not the rules. He wants your life. I mean, sometimes you hear Christians even complain about skateboarders. Oh, those skateboarders. Look at the way they're destroying the planter curb or whatever, you know. And then I just think, God loves those skateboarders. Hey, you guys, come in. Give you a free Pepsi. Free Pepsi? You know, the church paid for that. And it's like, man, capture the heart of God. Give them free chili fries. That's what we do, man. Why? Because we want to reach out to them. you got to have the heart of God. I mean, sometimes people complain about the smokers right there at the lolly cup. And they hold their breath and they stick up their nose as they pass by. I wish they would go away. And there's more than a lung cancer inside of you it's worse than lung cancer god loves those smokers i wish i could talk to them more that's the heart that we need to have all those skateboarders all those smokers all those sinners and the lord says just in case you forgot that's why i came That's why I came. See, we need to read God's word. We need to know God's word. We need to live God's word, unlike the Pharisees. And so I just really encourage you guys to avoid that foolishness of the Pharisees. Read the Bible. Capture the heart of God. If you're sensitive to the spirit, the Lord will do such an awesome work in our life. You know, other books offer information, but the Bible offers transformation. And as you read the Bible, man, God will make you more like Jesus. Man, whatever you do, don't miss the whole point of what this is all about. We can avoid the foolishness of the Pharisees, number one, if we read the Bible with an open heart, and number two, if we recognize God's Son. We internalize God's Word. We recognize God's Son because that's what the Lord says here in verse 6 as He's talking to these guys. He says, Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. Who's He speaking about? Himself. This will help you a lot if, number one, you internalize God's Word and, number two, if you recognize God's Son. Because who is it that's speaking to us this morning? Who is it that counsels us? And commands us. It's not that religious paraphernalia stuff that we have in our package, our nice, neat Christian package. It is the one who is greater than the temple. He's the one that counsels us. He is the one that commands us. It's not just a random rabbi. It's not your typical teacher. It is the one who is greater than the temple. Now, to the Jews, that would be a huge statement. To the Jews, the temple was the exalted place. The temple was, in one sense, the icon of the invisible God. And Jesus is saying to us, and he's saying to them, that he is greater than the temple. He is saying to us to recognize who he is 
so that we might obey him and become like him. You know, the Bible says that he is God. He is great. It says that in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, that he is our great God and Savior. And I don't know about you, but it helps so much, man, you know, to know where this comes from. You know, it's not coming from, you know, me, that's for sure. You guys don't listen to me unless I have God's word behind me. It's not coming from any other human being. It's coming from God. And what he commands us today is to be merciful, to be like him. I mean, it's not the Pharisees. It's Jesus Christ. And so you and I need to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You know, it's one of the struggles. I don't know if you guys have this struggle on Sunday mornings, but do you guys ever struggle in getting to church on time? Anyone here? <laughs> and, you know, it's an ugly thing. If, as you're there and you're kind of going through your you know, routine for the morning, you, you, you end up getting in the flesh because you don't want to be late to church. Isn't that dumb? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I think we should try our best to get here on time the best that we can. But, you know, um, like, for example, today I had told Ariel last night, okay, we're going to go early tomorrow. And uh, I guess she forgot, you know. So she woke up late. And my uh, the temptation was to begin to, to, to just get upset. Oh, you're going to make us late. I told you last night. You know, I'll put the time, I put the timer on for her how awful I am. And, and then you know what ended up happening, though? The Lord just convicted me. He said, you know, you're worried about walking in late. And here you're about to walk in the flesh. And I just, I, the Lord just really, man, he just dealt with my heart. He says, that, that's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. And we can't have that leaven inside of us, you guys. We can't allow that. We, in order to avoid this, need to learn and to really examine our life. You know, if you struggle with people, some people say, have you ever heard anyone say this? Well, I can't have that job because I'm not a people person. Have you ever heard that? How can you be God's people and not be people people? I don't understand. And I'm not saying you have to have some flamboyant, outgoing personality. I know not all of us have that. I understand that. But you must care for people. You really must if you are God's people. You know, yesterday was so cool. As I was going through the study, I came out of my cave for a little bit, and I went and got a cup of coffee, and I had a little conversation with someone, and it just really hit home. It really hit home with me. As I was there just talking to this person, just thinking about this person, how much God loves this person, and looking at them and just realizing, you know, this is what it's all about. You, the people, us. And I think a lot of times we forget those things. The Pharisees totally forgot the people. They got caught up in their religion. They forgot the people. They looked down on the people. They looked down on all the people that weren't just like them. And we have to be so careful. You know, my heart goes out to people like this. People who are like the Pharisees. Because, you know, in one sense, they, they almost can't help it. They've just come to this point where they believe that uh, this is a, what a relationship with God is all about. They, they can't help it. 
And that's why later on we're going to see in Matthew chapter 13 that Jesus begins to speak to them in parables because seeing they don't see and hearing they don't hear. And once your perspective of people gets distorted, then my heart goes out to them because it's like, man, they can't help it. That's the way they see people. But we can't be like that, you guys. We have to ask God to touch our hearts and to, to cry for people, to be compassionate towards people, to love people the way that God loves us. We need to recognize God's son, that he's greater and that he's master. Because that's what he says there in verse 8. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The word Lord is the Greek word kurios. And it refers to one's master. You know, and if our master wants to feed the hungry on the Sabbath day, who are we to come against him? If our master wants to heal a man on the Sabbath day, who are we to question him? The master means one who has authority over another. He is our ruler. He is our governor. And the Pharisees had forgotten. They hadn't realized. They didn't recognize who God was. They became their own gods. And that's where we have to be so careful. Is God really leading you? Is God really speaking to you? That's what a relationship is all about. Please understand, either he is Lord of all of your life or he's not Lord at all because the word Lord, it means master. They had forgotten that. And he is to be Lord of every area of our life, even that Sabbath day rule that you have. That day, the special day, the every day, the two day, understand it all belongs to God. And we need to realize who he is, that he's greater than anything, that he's master of all. And so we are to be sensitive to his spirit, to have his heartbeat, to have his love, to have his mercy and his compassion and follow him and his ways because of who he is. Even if the religious leaders are going in a different direction. We've got to follow Jesus Christ. Kind of like Chuck Smith did way back when. You know, you guys probably know the story. Chuck Smith was used by God in, a, in an awesome way because he went against the grain. He went against the rules that they had set in those days. The man-made rules that when you really strip it down had no substance to it from a scriptural perspective. They had taken the Ten Commandments and they added 612 commandments. And they were missing the spirit. And so he allowed the hippies to come in. And he allowed people to come in that didn't have shoes on their feet, the barefoot. And so the people started getting upset. Hey, you know what? This is like, they're going to ruin the carpet. What if they have athletes' feet or, you know, toe jam or something, you know? I mean, we can't allow these guys in there. And then what did Chuck say? Okay, we'll pull up the carpet. I'm sure people would still have a problem with that. But, you know, that's how it happens, you guys. We make these rules that really aren't biblical. And that's why we have to look deeper. You know, get out that scriptural microscope of all those rules that you've made and make sure that they're rooted in scripture. Otherwise, you end up becoming a modern-day Pharisee, looking at yourself and everyone else in a distorted, unbiblical, ungodly way. And not seeing people the way that God sees them. See, that's my prayer. I want to see people the way that God sees them. How he looks into their eyes. How he loves them. That's the way we need to deal with each other. That's the heart of Jesus Christ. 
And we need to be so careful because we can get so meticulous with our man-made mandates that we become modern-day Pharisees. We don't internalize God's Word. We don't recognize God's Son. And then thirdly, we don't prize God's people. And that's really what we need. Read right here in verses 9 on on. It says, Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? That they might accuse him. And then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And it gets so crazy. And we miss the whole point, you guys. You know, Jesus is saying, man, you guys treat your animals better than you do people. (laughs) And I'll bet he'd probably say the same to some of us. huh? Think about it. You love your animal. Some people really love their pets. They really do. (laughs) But they don't love people. You know, you feed your animal, but you won't feed them. If your dog is lost, you go out in the streets and you post signs all over the neighborhood. Please return Chip to me. You put the signs out there, you know, because your dog's lost. But you won't go out into the neighborhood to seek the lost men of this world. That's what the Lord is saying. And that's our society nowadays, huh? I mean, we have a real problem. I remember a while back, a couple of the guys went fishing. And I, I think they caught the wrong type of fish or or they caught too many fish or something like that. And so they were slapped with a hefty fine. I mean, I think it was hundreds of dollars or something like that. And and then here we are as a society, we're fining people for catching too many fish. And every single day in America, 2,740 babies are killed in abortion. Every day. And Jesus is saying, you value animals more than you do people. It really happens. And that's what he's saying to these guys. I pray that you and I would not have that heart. Man, some people are like Jonah. He cared more for his garden, more for his plant than he did for the people. We need to be so careful, man, that we don't lose perspective. Man, God wants to use your life to touch people in the church, outside of the church. God wants to speak to us and give us his heartbeat, his character. Not that cookie mold yuck that a lot of times you see that it's just a turn off. But it's like when you get it, can you, you can hang out with sinners and, and they're attracted with you and you don't do what they do. You don't sin with them, but you're able to sit with them and you're able to speak with them as God would lead you. And then God would use you to reach out to them. Don't become like the Pharisees. They look at the flaws. They focus on the flaws rather than the fact that, hey, this person is created in the image of God. They're loved by God. What can I do? What can you do? As you see that person there to pull them out of the pit, what can you do? What can you do to heal their hands? What can we do to feed the hungry, hurting people of this world that we live in, you guys? Man, I pray that God would speak to us. Because the Lord said in Matthew 5, verse 20, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, then you will by no means 
enter the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying it's impossible. It's not going to happen unless God does a deeper work in our life. You see, you guys, you think you can impress God with all your good habits? You can't. He's looking deeper. He's looking at your heart. You think you can impress God with your religion? You can't. He's looking deeper and he's concerned with relationships with him and with people. We can't impress God with positions. It's all about people. It's not about the Sabbath. It's about the Lord of the Sabbath and the sinners out there who need a Savior. It's about us coming to Christ, taking on the character of Christ, and then being genuine, loving, holy representatives of who Jesus really was. You know, I shared, I think, a little bit last week with that DVD, uh, Another Perfect Stranger. And I, and I think, man, you know what? Maybe the Lord was like that. I think he was like that. You know, not condemning to certain individuals. The only time he really was con- condemning was to the religious leaders who were hypocrites. And that's where you and I, we need to be like the Lord. We need to love like the Lord. In order to avoid that foolishness of the Pharisees, let's internalize God's word, man. Let's read it. Let's know it. Let's capture the heart of God. Let's recognize God's son, the one that counsels us to live like this, the one that commands us to live like this. is the one greater than the temple, the master of all. This is what he's looking for in our life. Mercy not sacrifice. And then thirdly, let's prize God's people. Let's prize them. Let's look at them longer and deeper. And let's love them with the love that God has. You know, one last thing. And again, like I share with you guys, this isn't an easy study for us because isn't it easier when it's just black and white? Isn't it easier when it's just a list? It's a little bit more difficult when you have to go into the inner chambers and ask God for direction, personal direction. But he'll give it to you. But a couple of things real quick that the Lord showed me on this, and it's part of my weirdness, but let me just close with this. There's a word that keeps repeating throughout the text right here, and it's the word lawful, lawful. And a lot of times I think we're overly concerned with, you know, the lawful, so to speak, from man's perspective. But, you know, if you take away the law from lawful, I mean the L from lawful, what do you get? Awful. Okay, you don't want to be awful, Christians, okay? <laughs> the L stands for Lord to me. And the L stands for love for me. Remember, you guys, that when it comes to that lawful thing that we have in our life, let Jesus be Lord and let's have God's love. Let's, let's keep that L there where it belongs. Because if we take away the Lord and we take away the love, then we will become awful, awful Christians. Father, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us. I pray, Lord, that we would go out from here after this holy huddle into the highways and the byways, Lord God, into life, into family and friends, into work and school. And we would just, Lord, be ambassadors, be true and genuine representatives of who you are, Lord. 
I thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to come this morning and to get into your word and hopefully to learn from the mistake of the Pharisees that we wouldn't repeat that same sin. Lord, I just pray that today as we're here, Father, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would bring us where we need to be, Father, that if there's anyone here maybe today who doesn't know you, they're not a Christian, they've never really given their life to Christ, that today, Lord, you would just reveal to them your love, how you brought them here. It's not a coincidence. It's not just another day that it's an opportunity for them to give their life to you. How much you love us in that you were nailed to a cross for our sins. And so, Lord, I pray wherever we're at, that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would deal with us, Lord, that you would bring us to where we need to be, that our righteousness would exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, Lord, so that when we die, we would go to heaven to be with you forever and ever and ever. Lord, We love you. We thank you. And we just pray all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand?